Greetings from Parkview Field on a dreary Thursday, March 18th. It's in the low 40s outside. Feels like it's in the 30s as rain falls. And, well, it's pretty apropos of how we're all feeling right now, unfortunately. And with that less than spectacular open, we say hello. Hi, everyone. I'm Tin Caps broadcaster John Nolan. I'll be joined shortly by the newest member of our Caps broadcast crew, Jack McMullen. But first, on behalf of everyone with the Tin Caps, our thoughts are with all those right now dealing with life during this coronavirus pandemic. I think it must be affecting literally everyone in our country right now in some way, of course, globally too, and some more than others. We especially send best wishes out to those who are sick or who have been sick, all those on the front lines in healthcare first responders, store workers, and not to mention those suffering from the impact economically of all this. And that includes the sports world, uh, the tin caps as part of that. And right now we would have been exactly three weeks away from opening day at this moment would have been in Bowling Green, Kentucky, three weeks from now with the tin caps playing the hot rods, but that's on hold for now. Major League Baseball has shut down spring training sites. We don't know when opening day will be in Major League Baseball, let alone Minor League Baseball for that matter. And that said, whenever there is baseball back at Parkview Field in downtown Fort Wayne, we hope sooner rather than later, this ballpark is going to be better than ever. And that's no hyperbole, even in the midst of regular front office operations curtailing here. This week, the new HD LED video board was installed by Neody, along with outfield wall boards. Next up will be ribbon boards on the baselines. And earlier this offseason, the sound system around the park was already upgraded. So a lot to look forward to for the 2020 baseball season at Parkview Field. By the way, you can see pictures of those projects on TinCaps.com and by following the team on its social media channels. That's also where you can find a frequently asked questions page. Admittedly, there aren't a lot of specific answers right now in regards to how COVID-19 is impacting the tin caps in minor league baseball, but team president Mike Nutter and the rest of the organization are fully committed to communicating information as it becomes available to fans, sponsors, game day workers, and the rest of the community. While we wait, for news, we're going to do our best to still give you Tin Caps baseball in some form, like this podcast, for example, in addition to stories on TinCaps.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's probably about time we fire up the TikTok, LinkedIn, whatever uh, whatever we can do right now. Uh, and to help out, like I said earlier, we'll be joined by Jack McMullen. And part of our coverage will be highlighting San Diego Padres prospects who've come through Fort Wayne and the next wave that's on their way. And speaking of prospects, Jack just turned 22, uh, and he's fresh out of the Harvard of Central New York, also known as Syracuse University, where he called orange football, basketball, and lacrosse, was the sports director at famed WAER. Jack has a background in baseball, too. Last summer, he was the voice of the Auburn Double Days, the Washington Nationals, short-season affiliate in the New York Penn League in upstate New York, not far from Syracuse. Before that, he called games for the Brewster Whitecaps of the collegiate Cape Cod Baseball League. And along the way, the six-foot left-hander who grew up in Chicago logs some innings on the mound at Oak Park River Forest High School and 
for the Syracuse Orange Club team, too. And this season, you'll hear Jack primarily on our radio broadcasts on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. That's at home alongside Mike Moz while I'm over on TV. And then with me for select road games coming up this year. So, Jack... First off, really glad to have you as part of the team. Wish that your official first day here came with better circumstances. Yeah. I hope many years from now down the road we look back on this and it provided for maybe an extra chapter uh, in the Jack McMullen story. Um, but for right now... Hey, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Well, first of all, I do want to clear the air, and if anybody thought that the Harvard of Central New York line was an original remark, I just want to point out that that Syracuse alum, Sean McDonough's Already calling phrase, me out? Already calling you out. I'm sorry. It's the first day in, uh, in unprecedented waters, so you know I might as well throw you, throw you a little jab on the first appearance on this podcast. I guess you don't have your degree in hand yet for uh, broadcast and digital journalism from the Newhouse School. So uh, you're mean, trying to do everything you can right now to earn it, even if there's not a ceremony to receive it. Yeah, there might not be a ceremony. I have no idea. But we're supposed to be in Kane County at that time, and I'm sure that that will fluctuate too. So I, we'll see what happens if I do get a piece of paper in hand. I feel like the very 2020 thing to do, uh, regardless of regardless of what's happening, would be to send an email. So uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But yeah, of course, I would like to get back up to Syracuse and tie the knot on that and have a knot tied around a, uh, around a rolled-up piece of paper, but I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, what I do hope is that there's a baseball season for us to be calling, and uh, I really look forward to it if we do get that opportunity, and it's, it's something that I'm incredibly excited to, to see come through. And we'll talk more later about what we're excited about and by the way, we're coming to you from the home radio booth at Parkview Field and a safe six-plus feet uh, distance apart. Yes. Now, we'll save more of the uh, introduction, get-to-know stuff with Jack uh, for our audience at a later time. I figured right now, though, more timely, uh, we'll talk about your recent uh, experiences because you have transitioned here to Fort Wayne from living on a college campus in Syracuse, which now, like just about every school around the country, uh, is yeah. no longer having in-person classes. And then, just last week, even though it feels like uh, a different century <laughs> yes. ago with the way that time has elapsed here recently, but last week, you actually broadcast one of the last major sporting events in this country as Syracuse men's basketball played against UNC in the ACC tournament in Greensboro, North Carolina, just last Wednesday. Yeah. Jack, how, how would you summarize the last week or so? Uh, it has been, you know, like you mentioned, I'm 22 years old. This has been the weirdest week of my Post-production, life. Post-production, we'll put in the Taylor Swift music. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but this has been by far the weirdest week of my life. And I think it really started on our drive to Greensboro. So I'll give you a little bit of a timeline right now. I flew into Charlotte from Syracuse because, you know, one of my best friends at Syracuse, who I, I do a lot of this work, I worked with at WAER, and we were going to, uh, you know, represent AER at this ACC tournament. He lives in Charlotte. So we both flew down to Charlotte on Monday. We stayed there Monday night, and we get in the car Tuesday. We pick up two more who had flown in to also represent AER. Typically, uh, just to, to help. Others understand typically when there's a, a collegiate sports broadcast, it's kind of like a clown car. Yes. See how many how many folks you can fit there yes. in, in a two door vehicle or something like <laughs> Ex that. Exactly. Uh, but you know, we we really pulled out the stops, especially because 
the NCAA tournament and a cross-country trip uh, to go, you know, play in the first and second round in Salt Lake City like last year probably wasn't in the cards, so we decided to empty the bank on four people going to the ACC tournament. What are you talking about? Everyone knows after Syracuse beat UNC by, what, like 30 points? They (laughs) They were were well on their way to... (laughs) Winning an ACC tournament title. They were 25% there. So we picked up uh, a couple of those guys at the airport, and we get an email blast saying, attention, uh, important announcement coming from Syracuse University officials at 1.30. And I stay very up-to-date on things. Uh, and, and I will get into one of my recent trends, which I think was very therapeutic in a moment. Well, but, yeah, I was going to say, while we're doing this podcast, come on, close out of Twitter for like a second here. Uh, listen, I'm out of Twitter, and I'm out of Twitter until the tin cap season uh, is on the horizon, I think. but Good for you. I was, um, and we'll get into what prompted that move, but I was, you know, all over Twitter Sunday, Monday, Tuesday morning. We picked them up, and they, you know, they're kind of spellbound. They're like, "What do they mean by important announcement?" And I said, "They're they're shutting it down. Like they're they're canceling school." And the other three were saying, "No way, no way." But at that point, you had seen Harvard, Fordham, Columbia, Princeton, Amherst. You had seen them all shut it down. And I said, "Guys, there's no way this doesn't happen." So it gets shut down until at least March 30. They said they'll reassess on March 30. So we go to the ACC tournament. Uh, We're still having those conversations with people, um, you know, during that first round, which was the first game was Wake Forest and Pitt, and then the second game was Virginia Tech-Carolina, and Carolina steamrolled Vatek. So I don't think anybody saw that Syracuse game coming the next night. But, you know, we were sitting there, and there were still some clouds of doubt, but at that point, everybody had spectators. But then Wednesday was when it really picked up, and that was the day that, quote-unquote, the sports world stopped. And Syracuse had the late game that night. They were playing Carolina. So during the afternoon session, you know, everything was, you know, still up in the air, and you had a lot more schools canceling classes, and, you know, we really didn't see it affecting sports too much. You know, people were were remaining cautious, and there were some conversations about possibly hosting a couple of games without fans uh, across a wide array of sports. But there was really never any conversation about canceling it through and through. Once we get to the evening session, the game that precedes us is Notre Dame-Boston College. Nothing much is breaking at that time. Our game against Carolina, it, it tipped at 9.20 at night. We started our pregame at 9. At 9 p.m., that's when everybody learned about Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. So we saw that, and we were like, oh, this this is getting real now, Tom Hanks. And, um, you know, for any of you soccer fans out there, Daniela Rugani, who's one of the defenders for Juventus, he was, you know, the first uh, high-build player uh, overseas to test positive for the virus. So that happened earlier in the day, and... You know, I, I follow soccer rather closely, so I, I saw that and I said, wow, this is kind of real. Tom Hanks hit home for a lot of people. Uh, game tips at 920. Once we hit the first timeout, uh, which is under 16 minutes, uh, we get off Rudy Gobert test positive. The NBA suspends its season. And we're, we're shook at that point. Uh, we come back, you know, more basketball, four more minutes of basketball. We get to the under 12 media timeout in the first half. Uh, and then from there, we got, 
you know, the video of Fred Hoiberg on Twitter, who thankfully just had the common cold, but he was, you know, rushed to an Indianapolis hospital. And did they shut that game off dead in its tracks? I do believe they did. No, I, that game was played, and then it was an yeah. odd scene because the Nebraska players were, they were quarantined in the locker room yes. for a while. And and during this time, you had the Jazz and the Thunder and Nebraska and Indiana. They were all being held in their own locker rooms, and food was brought to them, and they weren't allowed to leave. And, you know, the Thunder and Jazz used 58 tests in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, and And this was all happening during the game. And it really didn't click until the second half that we were watching one of the last games that were to be played with fans. Uh, so we knew by then the ACC had announced that, you know, from there on out, they were going to play the remainder of the tournament, but without fans. So the question started to become more real. Is this, are these quarterfinal games even going to happen tomorrow? Are conference tournaments going to happen tomorrow? Will the NCAA tournament be played without fans, which would be incredibly eerie. And all those questions were still there when we went to bed last Wednesday, we wake up Thursday, uh, you know, Florida State and NC State, I want to say. No, Florida State and, and somebody, I, I want to say Clemson, mm-hmm. took the floor for the first quarterfinal. You get to about 11.58, and then everybody calls them off the floor. That's when, you know, the mass banging of, of the conference tournaments came. So the Big Ten, SEC, AAC, ACC, they were all movers and shakers, and, and they all pretty much canned it at the same time. So I was sitting in the lobby of a Spring Hill Suites in Greensboro, North Carolina, just trying to figure out what was happening because, uh, first of all, I didn't think Syracuse was going to beat North Carolina. So I booked the Spring Hill Suites for two nights. Mm. And we had already used our two nights. So I went down the next morning. I booked our third night. And then it got canceled. So I said, can I have that third night back? And they said, yeah, of course. These are extenuating circumstances. So that was bizarre to be in the center of something as big as the cancellation of the ACC men's basketball tournament. Yeah, just unbelievable. And then, meanwhile, sitting here in the front office at at Parkview Fields with a bunch of folks who were – Expected to be tuned into college basketball, yes. uh, you know, in the uh, the second screen there during the day, we saw the dominoes fall one by one. Eventually, it was Major League Baseball stopping spring training games, and this got to be, I want to say, it was definitely after three thirty in the afternoon, four o'clock range. Minor League Baseball had not put anything out at that point. Then yep. we did receive a message from the president of Minor League Baseball, Pat O'Connor, with an update that you know they were. Just trying to take everything in at that point in time. There was no news to report with the minor league season quite yet. And then, boom, it was less than a half hour later. We got word that nine minutes from that point, it was going to be announced that the minor league baseball season following after news that now major league baseball was going to be at least a two-week delay, that minor league baseball would be delaying the start of its season. Fast forward to now, and it's still just questions. Uh, It was over the weekend that the CDC had the recommendation for no uh, events of more than 50 people for the next eight weeks. So that would put us into May. And like we said earlier, don't know when uh, when we'll have 10 caps baseball, minor league baseball this year. So 
In the meantime, we stay tuned, and we'll have all the updates at tincaps.com when we get them. And you were there. You were at spring training before this really became a tangible thing, when it was really just a murmur, right? Because at the end of our season, at the end of Syracuse Ben's basketball season, uh, I wasn't part of the team. But um, I feel more like I, I will feel more like I'll be a part of the Tin Caps team uh, once we get going than, than Syracuse, just because, you know, you've got that uh, student conduct and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, there were murmurs at the end of the regular season, you know, and, and people knew about this, but it wasn't impacting the sports world like this. And you were in Arizona when there were murmurs. Yeah, just a couple of weeks ago, so a week before this all went down, and, yeah, just did not see it coming. The first couple of days that I was in spring training, what, a couple of uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays ago, I think people were starting starting to limit the handshaking and the high-fiving. But, nevertheless, it was still more or less business as usual. Then, on that Thursday, that would have been the uh, March 5th, that day, Padres had received advice to stop uh, signing autographs for fans and yep. a usual policy, and they started signing baseballs and cards in the clubhouse and proceeded to then carry them out to fans instead of grabbing their Sharpies with the exchange yep. of you know unknown germs and whatnot. Tell you what, C.J. McCollum beat everybody to the punch there. He he tweeted out a couple days before that that he was he was done and he didn't mean any malice from it. He was just done, you know, exchanging germs with everybody in in the Moda Center, and I, I applaud him for that. I mean, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but he beat everybody to the punch with that. Yeah, good for him, and certainly our, our own little PSA out there. We hope everyone's doing everything they can from washing their hands, from limiting the practice. I know it is habitual for so many to shake hands. Yes. Uh, I don't even know if fist bumping is really a good thing right now. No, the, the elbow, elbow tap at best, maybe uh, maybe just a simple wave from six feet away is good enough right now. There's something great about the finger guns too, so you might, you might just want to use the finger guns. Double barrel? Yes. So, yeah, it was just a whirlwind going from being out there in Peoria, Arizona, and uh, by the way, did have a chance to catch up with a number of former Tin Caps, soon to be Tin Caps, uh, our Tin Caps coaching staff for this year. Now we may have to edit the way that we put those uh, clips out on social media because yeah, it really had not crossed, you know, my mind at least. I don't think that, anyone's mind. Yeah, that we were going to be going down uh, this route sooner, sooner than than later. But yeah, just just unbelievable, and I. Unbelievable is a word that a lot of sports broadcasters, in my opinion, overuse. You yeah. know, guy has a walk-off hit. Someone says, unbelievable. No, it's not. There's a, a walk-off hit yes. basically every single day of the season. It's believable that somebody would, would have a game-winning hit. But this is one of those unique circumstances right. where it is legitimately unbelievable. Yeah, for me. So I don't use that word lately, but it has been unbelievable to see uh, how all this has uh has unfolded, and like we said earlier, wish everyone the best as they, they try to get through this. Um, I know others have already had this conversation, so we're not coming up with a unique insight here, but typically when you know the world has us wondering what the heck is going on, we usually have sports to fall back on, the whether escape. it be as yeah a distraction and an escape, something to kind of rally everyone together, and now the irony that... Maybe we can get sports back at some point, but who knows when we can get our full full gatherings uh, again. Uh, and, Jack, when it does happen, what is uh, something that you're looking forward to here for uh, this season? Uh, you mentioned that we're, we're sitting in the home radio booth 
this view beats pretty much every view that I've ever seen in terms of a baseball park uh, with this vantage point. Um, you know, a little bit biased, but I had the chance to to work with WGN in Chicago, which is yeah, you know, the former broadcast home of the Chicago Cubs. So I had a chance to sit up in the TV booth. Uh, at Wrigley Field, and that view will beat any view that you could possibly throw at me in the history of ever. But this is certainly up there, and uh, you know it—it's it, garnering the comparison to Wrigley Field because this place is is state of the art. It's gorgeous, and even at night without the lights on, I'm just sitting here imagining what a full park view field with the lights on will look like. So I'm excited to see this, and. Um, you know, I'm going to borrow a line from Buck Showalter, too, who a couple of years ago said that we're in the midst of the golden age of baseball because everybody's throwing harder, they're hitting the ball farther, they're running the bases faster. And the next generation of baseball is coming through Fort Wayne, Indiana, and you have the chance to see future superstars. Um, you have to believe, and you saw him for, I want to say, two or three games last year, but C.J. Abrams, uh, you've got the chance to see maybe the fastest guy in all of minor league baseball come through here and you've got the chance to see guys you know hit towering home runs to you know to the xfinity uh well xfinity home run deck right it's dark so i can't i can't see the xfinity, <laughs> the xfinity home, home run, run porch oh the porch sorry your, your mad libs of parkview fields <laughs> areas was close but uh the porch short of the and, cigar. The, and the treetops right so you could the lefties could go out to the treetops in right field so uh, I'm excited. The, no one has hit a home run to the O&E treetops during a game since 2012. So that predates my time here uh, in Fort Wayne. So, yeah, it would be fun to see it happen again. You're doing my legwork for me, man. This is a whole bunch of research. These are questions that I was going to ask you, but thank you for answering them now before we even know when opening day will be. So uh, I'm just excited to, to see baseball again. And I mentioned this to you earlier today. Uh, Baseball is far and away the easiest sport to be romantic about. So, you know, upon its return, we're going to welcome baseball with open arms, and I will certainly be joining you uh, in that open arm hug party. Yeah, yeah. once uh, yes. we're allowed to be within six yes. feet of each other. First. No social distancing from baseball. Yeah, until then, for those who want to uh, follow you, regardless of uh, distance, how about in terms of following you on social media? Yeah. Now, and maybe circle back, because I think yes. you teased, you teased uh, a personal update. Yeah. Uh, so go ahead. So I'm not not following you back on Twitter at Jack underscore McMullen 11, um, all lowercase. So J A C K underscore M C M U L L E N one, one. But, uh, I'm, I'm not follow. I'm not, not following you back because I'm disregarding you. I'm not, not following you back because I actually took Twitter off of my phone. And this just had to do with my mental health the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, like we were talking about, ACC tournament got canceled on Thursday. I get in the car because we originally had a flight scheduled out of Charlotte back to Syracuse for Saturday, and I really wasn't going to sit in Greensboro and be in my thoughts. So uh, me and another you know, friend of mine that worked at the radio station, we got in the car with the two people at the Daily Orange, who's the student newspaper, who's also you know an incredibly highly rated uh, student media outlet. Uh, and, and we got in the car. That's a nine-hour drive from Greensboro to Syracuse. Out of those nine hours, I drove for two and a half. Uh, that gives me, what, six and a half hours, right? I probably spent six of those six and a half on Twitter, 
constantly updating, constantly getting new news. I just got the chills. I know. Uh, Constantly getting new news and something sad every time. And there wasn't anything positive on there. And This was before we started to see videos of penguins walking through public places. I That's why I've got Instagram. On yes. another channel. Oh, there. yes. I've got, I've, got, uh, I've got all that on Instagram, too. But, uh, you know, I, I just found myself get so angry. And I said, this is such a vacuum. And my parents, um, I've, I've been told constantly about the, the information vacuum that 9-11 was when it happened. And I wasn't old enough to fully pallet 9-11. I was two years old. But, you know, my my mom is from just outside of Trenton, New Jersey. Uh, She has, you know, I've got aunts and uncles in New York City that live in Manhattan. And she had no idea what was going on because there were so many, uh, there were so many hypotheses as to what was going on. And there were so many, uh, you know, news breaks that just weren't true. And I found myself in that information vacuum and I had no idea how serious this thing was. I had no idea, you know, how many people were infected and and that's just not an environment that I'm ready to be in for the next couple of weeks. So, as we quarantine, I'm taking a um, you know, quarantine from Twitter. I'm pretending Twitter is outside. Uh and I will I will be back soon. Yeah, so be sure to follow, and I'll follow you back in a couple of weeks. Great. We hope you can uh, assign maybe a social media manager on your yes. on your staff's part of your part of your crew. Absolutely. To uh, to help publicize because I uh, certainly have po- the capital for that. Yes. This, this podcast and other content, but uh, in all seriousness, off your point, which is an astute one, and it kind of speaks to the larger issue of mental health, which was finally getting more of a voice in this country. Oh, yeah. in, in recent years, and now that's something that's going to be challenged which is one aspect of what we're all facing together and hopefully not to go off on a, on a side side tangent here but hopefully beyond the baseball world our country our whole universe can stay together because you know one thing in particular that is disheartening which you tend to see more so on social media maybe than in real life are combating disagreements especially politically and it's really yeah. nauseating to see politics uh become part of this uh this health issue and you know don't really want to dwell on that too much but yeah i think there's something to be said maybe a, a silver lining from the uh the current challenges that we face it is a chance to step away from the screens yeah be around those that we that we care about and for that matter take care of our, our neighbors so to speak as well and a chance to step back, kind of reassess our lives, hopefully, you know, read more. I know like a lot of conversation now about is what are you going to binge and not to say that there's not, you know, good entertainment in doing that too, yeah. but whether you like to pray, meditate, read, step outside, you know, hasn't been ruled, ruled out yet. Yeah. Uh, hopefully folks take uh, those avenues. Watch a stand-up special too. Laugh a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, but this is the time that you really wish baseball was right around the corner, and unfortunately, it's it's not right around the corner. But uh, you know, fingers crossed. I know mine are. I know yours are. Uh, and I hope that everybody listening to this, because why else would you be listening to a Fort Wayne Tin Caps podcast? But I hope uh, forget about fingers crossed. Right now, we need the rally caps. <laughs> yes, we do need the rally caps. Uh, we might need to borrow a rally monkey too. But uh, let's let's just hope that baseball is coming around the corner because that's going to be the release that I think everybody needs. Yeah, and in the meantime, if we have any uh, squabbles, we can keep them to topics such as, what's the deal with you not being a fan of Jerry Seinfeld? I understand yes. that won't be one of the comedians that uh, that you're watching stand-up. It's, uh, fan of Larry David, meantime. not Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Well, 
Jack, thanks so much for uh, again coming here to join us with the Tin Caps, even if it is an inauspicious start uh, at the moment. And I'm definitely looking forward to working with you and the rest of our broadcast crew this season. Like in all seriousness, I've been telling people throughout the off season that I'm more fired up for this year than ever before, especially in regards to our TV broadcasts on Comcast Network 81 and streaming on MILB.TV since we'll be able to broadcast at last in high definition with all new cameras and other technology that's part of all the upgrades that we mentioned here at Parkview Field before. Until then, please wash your hands, practice social distancing, listen to the health experts, be good citizens, look out for others, you know, let's work together, stay united, and hopefully doing those things brings us closer to a baseball season. And under $60 round trip to San Diego, don't do it. Hold back. Refrain. You'll be a, you'll be a betterment to society if you just hold back. And as someone who's had the chance to go out to visit Petco Park, it certainly is tempting. Any chance you can get, but I'm with you right there. It's better when there's baseball. Exactly. So we'll save that for down the road to catch some of those guys going here from the 260 to the show. That does it. Again, stay tuned to TinCaps.com and the TinCaps social media channels for the latest news here as we await baseball in 2020 during this coronavirus pandemic. For Jack McMullen, I'm John Nolan saying thanks and so long from Parkview Field in downtown Fort Wayne. This has been a TinCaps podcast. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.